All right, it is time for another episode of Crazy James Speaks. I am your host, Crazy James. And today, well, today I'm going to jump into something that, well, I've been hesitant. I'll be honest with you. I've been scared to do this one. It's, it's very controversial. Some of you might be mad at me after I post this one, but... I don't care. Um, this is something that needs to be said. And so I'm going to say it. Today we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter. And some of the situations that are, that are happening. Now I'm going to preface this by saying I'm about as white as they come. All right. Uh, I did Ancestry a little while ago and I'm all... English, Scottish, and Irish. So, very, very white. However, I can still see injustice in the world. And so, I'm, I'm going to try to address it here a little bit. Am I going to get it all right? No. Having not lived this myself, it's, it's very hard for me to comprehend a lot of this, some of it I'm looking at, I'm like, really? And then I got to think about it. Now, if we can think about things and really think about them, not just fly off the handle, but really, really, truly think about these things, then maybe, maybe we can solve this, solve this, uh, issue. Anyways, okay, so with that out of the way, this, obviously this is coming about because of what happened with George Floyd, four police officers arrested him. He passed a counterfeit $20 bill. So he, the shop owner had reported that and the police came and they arrested him, but it's the manner in which they arrested him. They took him down, they handcuffed him, and then that cop knelt on his neck for just about nine minutes. You don't need to do that. Come on, there's, how how bad are you at your job if this is how you're controlling somebody? The man was down, George Floyd was down and handcuffed. He's not going anywhere. Okay. And okay. So, and even if he was struggling, which the video evidence seems to show that he was not, but even if he was struggling, all right. So he goes to get up. You just push him down again, right? Just knock him over. He's off balance already. You don't have to kneel on his neck. So George Floyd died. And... America especially, erupted in weeks and weeks and weeks of protests against police brutality. This goes back to Colin Kaepernick, who played for the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL a few years ago. And he wasn't standing for the national anthem. He was taking a knee to protest the treatment of African-Americans. 
at the hands of the police. He took a knee. They didn't like that. Well, I think that what Colin Kaepernick was doing was a lot more peaceful than what ultimately ended up happening. And I'm not condoling violence, but I understand why, why they're frustrated. You had a man peacefully protesting, and then he was vilified by so many people, including the President of the United States, calling him a son of a bitch, fire him, fire him, get him out of there. Really? Really? Come on. So the protests happened, and it wasn't like the previous protests that had broken out. These went on for a long time, weeks, as you saw on the news. Why did it go on for so long? What was so different? Well, there's a few things that were different. The first off being, with so many people being, for all intents and purposes, locked down, not working, unemployed at the moment due to COVID-19, it was a powder cake waiting for a spark. Something needed to come out of that. And this is what happened is a lot of people who are really frustrated, who didn't have anywhere to go, they didn't have to go to work. They're unemployed right now. So now they used their voices continuously, continuously and loudly. And in some cases, yes, violently. Scholars are going to debate this for a very long time. People way smarter than me are going to be talking about this. George Floyd's daughter said at his funeral, or the public part of it that they had, that her daddy changed the world. Well, he, he did. His death has changed a lot of things. Police departments are now reviewing chokeholds. They're reviewing how much money is actually spent on police departments. And by saying defund the police, that's, it's so wrong to say it that way. Police departments get a tremendous amount of money. And lots of it is needed. But how much of that money could be spent on a social service of some kind to get help to these people? Because so many of these people that are treated this poorly, the, the African Americans, and in Canada, our native population, the, the less fortunate people in society who tend to be our minorities, which is a crying shame. How many of them, instead of, they don't need a kick in the ass. They need a hand up. And having somebody come to them who isn't a, a police officer, to just put out that hand and say, hey, let me help you. Let me help you. If you go in with armed police, they're trained to be policemen and policewomen. And that's a 
different job than what they're being asked to do. Because you're not just a policeman, you're a marriage counselor, you're a social worker, you're, God, in some cases, I'm sure a taxi. There's so many different jobs that the police are asked to do. It's not fair to them. It's not fair how much we ask of them. They need help. And instead of pouring all this money into the policing aspect of it, some of it needs to go into the social aspect of it to help them do their job. It's a, it's a, it's a symbiote relationship. They can help each other. And, and that's where the defund the police comes from. It's such a poor, poor analogy or choice of words. That's not, there you go. See, I, <laughs> defunding the police, it doesn't mean taking away police. It means taking some of the resources that are poured into the police and putting them where they're needed. Instead of it being such overkill on the policing side, it's like, okay, how about we direct it to another area that needs it, that can help alleviate then some of the pressure that's on the police department. And, and, and that's what really needs to happen. Now, George Floyd isn't unique. He's not. It's terrible that he's not. It's terrible that it happened in the first place. It's not unique, though it happens far too often. Those of us of a certain age remember when Rodney King was beaten by the Los Angeles Police Department back in the 90s, which was probably one of, if not the first, instance of police officers being taped doing things like this. And now that we all have a camera, a high-quality camera, in our pocket that we can instantly upload to social media, well, there's a lot less that not just the police, but anybody in general can do without people seeing. But the lesson hasn't been learned, it seems. Because, like I said, George Floyd wasn't the only one. There's a young black man. This was last year. He's autistic. His name was Elijah McLean. And he was coming back from the store and was taken down by several police officers. And, well, th these are his last words. And when I read this, this was, this disturbed me. This is what he said as he was being taken down by the police. I can't breathe. I have my ID right here. My name is Elijah McLean. That's my house. I was just going home. I'm an introvert. I'm just different. That's all. I'm so sorry. I have no gun. I don't do that stuff. I don't do any fighting. Why are you attacking me? I don't even kill flies. I don't eat meat. But I don't judge people. I don't judge people who do eat meat. Forgive me. All I was trying to do was become better. I will do it. I will do anything 
sacrifice my identity. I'll do it. You're all phenomenal. You're beautiful and I love you. Try to forgive me. I'm a mood Gemini. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Ow. That really hurt. You're all very strong. Teamwork makes the dream work. He's crying. Starts to cry. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to do that. I just can't breathe correctly. And then at this point he proceeded. He he threw up because he had so much pressure on him. Now, Elijah McLean, he wasn't a big man. He was 140 pounds soaking wet and was taken down by several officers, big guys. They pinned him down and held him down. Was he resisting? Well, when you got a cop that outraises you by 100 pounds kneeling on you, I don't think there's much that you can do. And when the EMTs showed up, they subdued him by injecting him with a sedative. That sedative was ketamine. And the amount of ketamine that they pumped into this kid was enough. It would have knocked me down. I'm a big guy. They put enough ketamine in this guy to take out a 300-pound man, and he weighed 140 pounds. No wonder he died of a heart attack. A young black man, just because he was black. Those words disturbed me. Not in the least because my children themselves are a bit autistic. The advantage they have going for them, though, that Elijah didn't have is my kids are white. So would this happen to my kids? God, I hope not. I hope this happens to nobody's kids. This was wrong. Now, the other thing that is said lots is, well, the police would leave you alone if you're not doing anything illegal. Not doing anything illegal. Well, how about this? Brianna Taylor. She was 26 years old. She's an EMT. She was shot when police entered her home and they shot her while she was asleep. They fired 20 times. They pulled the trigger and eight of those rounds hit her. I don't care who you are. You get shot eight times. You know, that's bad. She died. She wasn't doing anything wrong. Tamara Rice was 12. He was playing in a playground. He had a toy gun. Now, I I know what you're saying. Toy gun, it's hard to tell the difference. And, you know, maybe it is. But what you probably don't know about Tamara Rice, if you knew about him at all, was the cop that arrived on the scene was got out and within two seconds shot this kid. In two seconds. Drop the gun. Well, that takes almost a whole second to say. The kid's 12. He's in a park. Yes, he's got a toy gun. I know what you're saying. This wasn't at night. This wasn't at night. He was shot in two seconds. There was another guy in Walmart was shot. He had a he he was just one aisle over from the toy aisle. He picked up a toy gun. Cops came in. 
they shot him. He was black too. And yet you see all these white militia type guys walking around storming um, government houses. We want a haircut. We're going to walk around with our guns. And they don't get shot. 12 years old. Shot because he had a toy gun in a park. Ismael Lopez. He was shot in his house because they had the wrong house. He was shot in the back of the head. I'm sure that looked good in the report. Duncan Lemp was shot and killed when he was asleep in his bedroom. He shot his girlfriend too. He's asleep. Asleep and he gets shot. Amandu Diallo was shot. They, they Over 40 times they shot at him and half, like about 20 bullets, hit him. Killed by multiple officers. They were dressed in street clothes. They said they shot him because they thought he was a suspect from a case that was open from a year before that. It was not confirmed to be true. He didn't have any weapons. He was outside his own apartment. Outside. Oh, wow, here's a guy. He looks like this guy we're looking for. Oh, why does he look like him? Well, he's black. Come on. Altina Jefferson. She was 28. She was shot in her house by police. She walked up to her window to see why the police were outside. And somebody shot and killed her. Wow. Now, I don't know about you. I, I go up to my window when things are happening outside. Ah, they just shot her. Botham Jean. He was 26. He was unarmed. He's in his own apartment. He was in his own apartment. An officer entered. She was scared he was going to kill her, so she shot him and killed him. She entered his apartment, and, and she got scared, and she shot him. Really? Alana Stanley Jones was seven. Shot and killed while sleeping. Well, cops had the wrong house there. Philando Castile. He was pulled over because he looked like somebody, you know, that had committed a robbery. He was shot five times in front of his wife and child. They were both in the car with him. He didn't do anything illegal. He was just going home after being out for the day. Because he looked like a suspect. How did he look like him? Was he black? That's not an excuse. Oh, folks, and this is, this is just a very small list. This list, unfortunately, is a lot longer than this. And I don't want you to think that I'm here just bashing the police. Because I do have a lot of respect for the police. They've got a very hard job. But... And, and the vast majority of these, actually all of these things that I've talked about so far, have been things that have happened in America. That doesn't mean that they don't happen in Canada. Our native population has been badly treated, even to this day, because they look suspicious. Well, come on. 
Come on. You can't just think that somebody is a suspect in something. You gotta know. And well, here's here's the other thing. Oh, why am I talking about this? You might be wondering why why don't I finally this it's my kids. My kids finally got me to talk about this because they're watching Pocahontas. It was on TV the other day, Disney's Pocahontas. And my daughter says to my son, she goes, well, it's all crap, you know, like it's way different. Uh, you know, like it, the story is just not accurate at all. And she's right. The story isn't accurate. John Smith. Well, yeah, he was a guy that came over. I apologize for that. John Smith came over. He was one of those explorer type dudes. Pocahontas was a real person. Yeah, she was like 12. So she wasn't some native princess. She was a little girl. And this man kidnapped her for his own pleasure because he felt that he was above them. The fact that my daughter was calling him out on this. This is a small thing. This is maybe part of the problem. The world has been Disneyfied. Well, Disney gets it all wrong. You look at all the classic Disney cartoons and they come from other stories and they bastardize them. They twist it so it's all family friendly. Well, no, those stories weren't necessarily family friendly. If our kids are starting to see through that kind of nonsense. Well, that's, that's good, right? Now, the title of this episode is Black Lives Matter. And I hear this all the time. Well, all lives matter. Oh, God, really? Way to miss the point. Now, how, how do you explain this? And I always had a hard time explaining this. But with this recent wave of incidences and, and the protests, some, some better ways of explaining it have come out. And one, well, the clean, there, there's lots of them. There's some dirty ones, you know, that use sexual innuendo to describe it. But I won't use that because we're trying to be a little bit family friendly. Okay. So Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. Well, look at it this way. Instead of All Lives Matter, you say, well, you know, well, hey, you think all lives matter? You should care about everything equally at all times, about everything. It doesn't work like that. That's like if your house is on fire, okay? Your house is on fire. And the fire department comes. But instead of putting out the fire that's in your house, they start just putting putting water on the house next to yours that isn't on fire, that isn't in danger. Your house is burning to the ground and the fire department is not putting any water on it. Black lives, their house is the one that's on fire. That's the house that needs the water. That's where the attention needs to be right now. 
and rightfully so. If you think all lives matter, well, think about it. All houses matter, but if your house is on fire, don't you want the water on your house? The black house is on fire right now. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? Is it an overnight thing? I don't think so. I don't think it should take all that long, though. The protests and everything have really, um, they've held up. And they have been, they've had far-reaching implications. Aunt Jemima is, you know, that, that pancake syrup. It's very tasty. I've always liked it. And I never thought twice about, you know, the, the imagery on there. I'm white. Well, Aunt Jemima is going to be gone. And Aunt Jemima is not a actual person. It's a derogatory term, which again, I didn't know until all this happened. I hadn't done my research. I've done some of it now. And was she based on a real person? Well, they had a lady who stood in as a model for the Aunt Jemima name, but Aunt Jemima comes from the old minstrel shows and it's like a house mammy down in the South and it all dates back to slavery. So things like that have changed. When I sign in to play my NHL 20, they've got a little statement at the beginning that says that the world needs to to work at becoming more equal. And I'm sure that goes across all of EA's games that you sign in and play. The culture is changing. The culture is changing. Team names are starting to be questioned. Much more and being taken seriously. They're going after the Washington Redskins, the Cleveland Indians. I would imagine the Kansas City Chiefs, the Edmonton Eskimos were under fire again for their name. Edmonton is probably the easiest one to change. They've always talked about being the empire. Well, just change it to the Eskimo Empire. You can keep the double E logo. You can keep your colors. Just change it. It's not hard. I, I don't even know why they need to... to um, do all the consulting that they want to talk about. Is it offensive? I didn't think so until I started reading some more. And apparently there's a lot of traditional institutionalized hate that went into that. So just change the damn name. It's not hard. It's not hard. These things are, are happening quickly. In a year, who knows what the world's going to look like. I think we're going to have some, some very different, our sporting landscape will look different as far as the team names. I think that they're going to have to change the names. The, the Washington Redskins, for example, there are many stores that are saying, okay, we're done. We are not going to carry your merchandise anymore. And sponsors as well of 
these different teams, including the Eskimos, are saying, we're done. Until you seriously do something about your name, we're done. You're done. The other argument that I hear, and this one, this one kind of pisses me off too, is when people say, nobody gave me anything. Everybody's equal. Well, in theory, in theory, you're right. But in reality, white privilege, it's not really a myth. It's real. And if you don't believe me, all I have to say to you is, have you had to talk to your children about how how they need to behave when the police approach them? Sure, you tell them to be respectful of the police, but when when you're a, a, a black family in America or and probably a, a native family up here in Canada, the onus is on you to, to be subservient, I guess, would be the word that I'm looking for here. I don't really like it. It dates back to the slavery, but hey, isn't that what started all of this in the first place? You don't have to worry so much if you're white when you get pulled over. I'm going to reach over and get my license. It's here in the glove box. Don't make any sudden moves. I'm not going to make a sudden move, but my license is in the glove box. Give me your license. It's in the glove box. Don't make any sudden moves. Okay, I'm just going to get bang, dead. This has happened. I've seen it. It's terrible. White privilege exists simply because you, as a white person, don't have to worry about all those things. Think of it as a race to the finish line, to the 100-yard, you know, 100-yard dash, okay? But if you grew up in an area that didn't have rampant crime, well, take a step forward, right? And if you were, if you're not followed in a store by staff, take a step forward and take a step forward and take a step forward. And pretty soon you are at the 15, 20 yard mark. Now you start the race. Now, can some of those guys behind you catch you? Absolutely they can, but they got to work harder. So they're just getting a little bit of help to make everything as even as possible. It's so frustrating, all of this, because it se the answer seems easy. Don't be a dick. Starts, you know, is, is the biggest thing. And black lives do matter. This has been the hardest podcast that I've done one of the shorter ones. And I'm going to freely admit now that, hey, I, I, I just don't get it. And I 
freely admit that some of you aren't going to like this. Maybe some of you are even going to listen to this and leave all sorts of uh, hate mail on on my uh, page. That's fine. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, because everybody needs to stand up, including myself, and address this as best we can and learn if we can all just learn a little bit gain some empathy for those around us for the minorities for the african americans for our native first nations for those people with mental issues who are homeless all of this, it all ties together. The world needs more empathy. This is my attempt to address it in some small, minuscule way. Did I change anybody's mind? I don't know. I know that over this last month and more since... This all came to a head with the murder, because that's what it was, with the murder of George Floyd. I've learned lots about the way things were, the way things actually are, and got to check my privilege just a little bit. I'm not going to apologize for being white. That's ridiculous. I can't help that. But I can be far more empathetic towards those people who are not. Thanks for listening this week. This has been Crazy James Speaks. I have been your host, Crazy James. I will be back next week, hopefully with something that's a little bit more lighthearted. Until then, stay safe, everybody.